we'll start. Hello, and thank you for coming to Mystics. Um, I'm doing it again. Mystery Mystics and Metaphysics. It is a mouthful, all those M's, all that alliteration. Today, we have a special guest, and we're going to be talking about living your life authentically, which is a very hot topic, and I feel very, very important, especially in today's day and age. Our special guest is Desiree Stafford. She is a mind coach, <laughs> mindset coach. There you go. I have not slept well in the last several days. We've had a lot of big things happening. I apologize if I stutter a little bit or I, I fall over my words, but Desiree is very inspirational. If you've ever seen any of her um, quick videos on YouTube, on LinkedIn, on Facebook, she can give a lot of information in a short period of time and it's very dynamic. Uh, it's very good to start listening to those and they will help you move forward. But even more than that, listen to Desiree personally, like I did. Hello, Desiree. Hi, how are you? Good. And you're coming in from Florida, correct? Yes. It doesn't look sunny there at the moment. It looks okay. <laughs> we've, had, we've had rain the last couple of days, so it's been interesting. Which is, which is not bad. You know, rain is good. The other half of the country could use it more than we could, I'm sure. Yeah. But so today we're talking about authenticity. Mm -hmm. I wanted to ask what, what does it mean to be authentic? Like, what does that really mean? A lot of people throw that word around, mm -hmm. but what does that mean to you? In my mind, authenticity is about being true to who you know yourself to really be. There are so many, I mean, we, quite frankly, in my opinion, we've been conditioned to placate, right? We've been conditioned to how to be liked um, by most people and people please and do all the kind of things that on, on the surface, it's not a bad idea, you know, to be kind to people and those kind of things. But if it's at the detriment of you being true to who you really are, that's when it becomes a problem. And so to me, authenticity is knowing who you are and, and allowing that to be your primary relationship rather than the pleasing of other people to fill this desire to be liked or um, validated or any of those kind of things that we're looking for outside of ourselves. We should be looking for that within ourselves and, and feel that deep sense of connection and belonging within ourselves rather than seeking it externally. And when you do that, then you can't help but be authentic, right? You can't help but in every relationship that you're in, be the best version of yourself, right? Because there's no, there's no separation, there's no divide between you and you. So how about when people say that they don't know who they are or they don't even know how to begin to figure out who they really are because their whole life they've been a people pleaser? See, I don't know that I believe that people don't know who they are. I think people can be confused because they've, like you said, spent so much time um, trying to be what they thought other people needed or wanted them to be. I think we can always tell what's true for us based on how we're feeling, right? If, if we're being, or if we're saying or doing something and it feels good, it feels in alignment, then you're being true to yourself. If it doesn't feel good, you're not being true to yourself. So I think if, if we pay attention to how we actually feel, then we always know whether or not we are being authentic or not being authentic. So do you think that people who have a lot of anxiety, mm -hmm. especially social anxiety, mm -hmm. do you think that comes from being inauthentic or? Yeah, because I think when you are in your own power, meaning you have an intimate relationship with yourself, so that spiritual aspect of yourself, um, then you, you are not, what's the word I'm looking for here? You're not dependent on anyone's approval of you or, or, or whether or not they like you or they agree with you, those kind of things. And therefore you don't have the anxiety. I think that people have social anxiety when they're afraid that if, if, if when they're in a, a social environment, that people are going to judge them, that people are going to harm them, that people are going to do the things to them that they actually don't have the ability to do other than physically harm you, right? Mm -hmm. But emotionally, you, we shouldn't be giving our power away to people in that way, right? We should be taking responsibility for our emotional state, our emotional well-being. 
-hmm. And if we do that, then no one has power over us. No one has the ability to make us feel other than the way that we choose to feel, then there would be no reason to feel that social anxiety, right? Because you're not giving your power away to other people. Exactly. I have, uh, when I teach about self-empowerment, that is one of the, the major pieces of it is that we give people the power to hurt us. We have to give them permission to do that in some way, whether it's implicit or whatever. We say, well, what you mean matters to, what you say means more to me than what I believe yeah. or what is true. Mm -hmm. So it's, that's a big one for people, I think, to unravel. Mm -hmm. And it, it's a, it is big because we've primarily been taught to think the opposite. Mm -hmm. right? And that, that's where it becomes challenging because I think what makes it challenging to be our authentic selves is because we've been taught since we were children, you know, by the families or the, the environments that we grew up in, but also society at large. When you go into school and, and as you advance in life, we've all been taught to conform, right? So even when we know that something doesn't feel good to us or doesn't feel true to us, there's this fear. Well, if, if I am who I really am, I'm going to get kicked out of the group because I'm behaving in a way that's not socially acceptable or, or the way that people have told me I need to be. Right. And I think that's what creates the hesitation or the fear of people really being who they actually know themselves to be, because it's that, well, what's going to happen if I do this? Mm -hmm. Right. What, what, what can I lose or what's at stake if I do this, if I allow myself to be true to me? Exactly. At what point did you make the decision to become a mindset coach as opposed to just a regular life coach or a business coach? What sets you apart from other people, would you say? I don't know what sets me apart from other people because I don't know everyone else's story, but I can tell you why I decided to go in this direction. Mm -hmm. And I think it was, I started out as a business coach and I started out as a, and I'm still a business coach. <laughs> I still help people with their businesses. Um, but I, and, and I'll just give you a tiny backstory as to why I, just, I started that. And it was because I had successful businesses before I became an online coach and they, they were successful up until a point, right? Uh, one of them was a multiple million dollar business. And after two years, my partner and I closed it and he went off and he made millions. And I went back to work feeling like a failure. And I was like, what the hell is going on here? You know? And uh, I went back to work and I just, oh, it didn't feel good because I had already been off on my own for a long time. Well, not a long time, but a couple of years. And you know, after you work for yourself, it's very difficult to go back into this box where someone else is telling you, you know, what to do and how much they're going to pay you. Like, it, it, it doesn't feel right. It did, I didn't feel free. My mother of all people calls me up one day and she's like, I heard this guy on the radio, he was a life coach and you know, he's really good at it. And she says, you like to tell people what to do. So maybe you should do that, right? And I was like, okay. I looked into it um, and quite honestly, at that time, I wasn't really moved by being a life coach, which is so interesting because all through college, once I got my hands on personal development stuff, I was engrossed in it. So it was strange to me that I didn't initially resonate with the idea of being a life coach. And I think part of it was because I really wanted to figure out this business aspect and the independence that having a business can give to you. Mm -hmm. So I really wanted to um, be able to help people avoid making the decision that I made to go back to work, right? I, want, I, I realized once I did start looking into coaching because of what she recommended to me, I was like, wait, if I had a coach, I would have recognized that the things that I thought were stop signs were actually growth signs. They were actually opportunities. So rather than going back to work or even staying in back in corporate for as long as I did, mm -hmm. I believe that if I had a coach in my corner, that I would have been able to recognize that I had an opportunity to grow and I would have been able to stay in my business because going backwards felt really painful to me. And so that was the initial impetus, if you will, of me wanting to be a coach and then specifically business. And I started to expand to the mindset stuff because I really am passionate about that. Like I'm really, like I, my background is in communication science. You and I both went to Temple, right? And so I have always been fascinated about how people communicate and, and what drives us and why we do what we do, which all goes back to mindset, right? And so that's when I really became curious, if you will, about the mindset stuff. And as I learned more about it, I just became even more fascinated about it 
and how it influences what we do and what we allow ourselves to experience. And then I, it's just snowballed from there. That is awesome. So I would actually add one more thing to this. It snowballed from there as a, as a genuine curiosity, but there did come a point where in my business, it became a necessity. And that was because what I recognized was that while I was taking a lot of action, I wasn't getting the traction that I thought that I should be getting at that point. Things were going okay, but I was like, this is a little bit too sluggish for me, right? And I started to realize that the strategies that I had been uh, implementing while they were working okay, were not giving me the explosive results that I wanted to experience. And so I recognized that something is, is awry here. You know what I mean? It can't be that I'm working as hard as I'm working, but I'm still making so little. Right. And so that's when I started to actually it, it shifted from being an interest to something I was like, wait a minute, we, we need to figure this out. Very cool. Very cool. So you went to Temple. Did I hear that? Yes. I'm an alma mater also. <laughs> I also have a degree in communications. Mm. So that's pretty funny. That's what I didn't know. Yeah. Wait, no, I think we did talk about that before. Yeah. yeah. Communications with a background in law and psychology is my degree. So wow. I, I love Temple. It's a great, great school because you were working with and learning under people who are actually in the field and actually successful mm -hmm. and doing things. So like on a day-to-day -day basis, you were being given like real situations and real connections to the outside world. It wasn't like you're just learning from a textbook and this person actually never worked in the field, which mm -hmm. a lot of colleges and institutions that's kind of the way it is they study their field and then they just teach it as opposed to actually working in it mm -hmm. so when you're talking about mindset uh, are you talking about things like positive affirmations and doing things like that like how how would you describe mindset as in the the way that you utilize it to help people to grow so so when I think about mindset today I really connected to the energy, mm -hmm. right? So for me, it isn't just a matter of positive thinking. Mm -hmm. I wanna, I'm, I'm, I'm being careful about how I word this because you do want to think positively, but you have to believe what you're saying to yourself. Right. And that's the difference, right? Because if you're just saying positive affirmations, but you don't feel them, then they're not doing much for you. But if you say something positive and you believe it, you feel it, that's when the shift happens. So for me, it's a combination of the two. It is, yes, you want to think more positive thoughts. You want to put your attention on the things that you do want, yes. And you also need to believe it. And, and that to me is what makes the difference. So you're talking about taking a thought which is in the head and in the mental, mm -hmm. metaphysically we'd say that's in the mental body and you're pulling it down into the physical and emotional body. Yes. So that it's in alignment. Yes. Like where your bodies are in alignment. Yes. So even when it, I like the way you broke that down, mm -hmm. I don't typically break it down that way um, because I don't think about it. That <laughs> you know, what I mean? just go, oh, how does that thought make me feel? Oh, it makes me feel good. That's the thought I want to continue to think. If that thought doesn't make me feel good, that's the one I want to drop. And then I want to shift my attention to a thought that does make me feel good. So that's awesome. So it would be like really paying attention to your body. Yeah, how you feel? And say, okay, what am I thinking? This is not something I want to be thinking because it's, it's making me not feel good. Yeah. Making me feel sluggish or like I don't want to do things or I'm starting to get a headache, you know, all those kind of things. So I think body awareness is really important for people. And it's really a part of becoming authentic. Mm, absolutely. When we don't have the words for it, like who we think we are. Your body and soul will tell you if you're Thank out you. of alignment. You'll yes. feel sick. You'll feel sluggish. You get aches and pains in your body. Uh, we still get aches and pains in our bodies as we grow older or we hurt ourselves or whatever. But metaphysically, a lot of times those are spiritual. Like you just said, it's not a stop sign. It's a growth sign. Mm -hmm. So when we start having um, some of these symptoms, it's something we need to pay attention to in order to shift. Because mm -hmm. if we keep putting it in the back burner and not paying attention to it so keep moving in the direction we're going we're not going in the right direction eventually we're going to hit like that roadblock that's going to just stop us and knock us back correct that that's you you, you explained it beautifully um and it's important that you explain that because so often at least i was taught 
power through. Yeah, yeah. You ignore, just power through, just get it done. You're not going anywhere. You're, yeah. you're about to hit a wall, so you wanna start paying attention. Uh, for me, I believe that so often we've, my personality, and I'm pretty sure your personality is very much the same, it's, it's this um, make it happen, get it done, ignore how you feel. There's no space, there's no room for feelings, especially in yeah. business. That's bullshit. Can I curse here? Is that okay? Oh yeah, that's fine. So it's, it's garbage, right? Because our feelings tell us exactly what we're doing mentally and emotionally, mm -hmm. right? Or obviously emotionally, but they tell, tell us what, our, what we're doing and our thoughts become things anyway. So you wanna be paying attention to your feelings. You wanna be paying attention to what, what's going on in your body right? In order for you to know whether or not you are moving in, number one, alignment uh, with what it is that you desire and that you feel authentic to yourself, you know? Exactly. So do you feel like affirmations are useful or do you think they're a panacea? Like, I think they're useful as long as you feel them. Well, how about when you, the old adage of fake it till you make it? I don't believe in that. Okay. Yeah, I don't believe, I think because feelings are so important. So mm -hmm. no, I don't believe in that. I, I, so if someone has self-doubt, how do they move through that to find where they're- You challenge the doubt. Challenge it. Yeah. So if, if I believe any, here's my, my, one of the beliefs that I have is that anything, any thought that I'm thinking that doesn't feel good is not true. Oh, I like that. It's not, it's, it's not true right? Because if it were true, then I would feel good. Like there wouldn't be this feeling of disconnect between myself and my soul. Do you know mm -hmm. what I'm saying? And that's what's causing the negative emotion. So if I'm experiencing negative emotion, I'm just thinking a thought that is inaccurate. So I need to challenge that thought, drop that thought, shift my focus, whatever I need to do mm -hmm. to stop putting my attention on that thought. So I stop feeling out of alignment. So we talked at one point about value, finding okay. value in yourself. So I come across a lot of clients who are very, I'm going to call it money-minded, I guess, where okay. everything's about, oh, I, very poverty consciousness, we call it. Oh, I, I can't charge that much. Nobody's going to be able to afford it. Nobody can have it, blah, blah, blah. Like we always put people in whatever socioeconomic state that we're in we assume everybody is in the same place. So if we're struggling, we assume everybody is struggling. So how, yeah, yeah, how would you help people to move past that? Like to argue with themselves against it, like that's not true, look at this, this, and this, like to do a logic game or? It depends on the individual. Mm -hmm. I am reluctant to, you and I had talked about this one time about having a toolkit. I believe yeah. in having a toolkit because I believe that you're going you're gonna to employ different strategies based on how you're feeling, right? Like if you've gone so far down the rabbit hole, then there are certain strategies that aren't going to help you as if you were just kind of, you know, lightly thinking a thought that didn't serve you. Do you know what right. I'm saying? You want to be able to have access to different tools and techniques to help you shift your focus. Um, but if someone is stuck in poverty consciousness, th there's a couple of things that I would, that would come to my mind is number one, first of all, we're not stuck, right? And that, that's one thing to be aware of that, that energy is always moving. So we're not stuck. If we keep thinking the thoughts that we've been thinking, it'll feel like we're stuck because we'll keep seeing the same stuff over and over again, but we're, we're actually not. We're on a hamster wheel. Correct. Yeah. So we're actually not stuck. Um, but if somebody is feeling that way, I might even challenge that feeling. I might ask them, do you desire to feel stuck, right? Because that, that's the first sign. If they say, no, I don't want to feel stuck. Okay, what do you want to feel? That's the first way of pulling ourselves out of the hole, right? Recognizing that I want to feel different. And if I want to feel different, okay, now what, what am I willing to do in order to allow myself to feel different? And even that thought alone, even, even shifting the focus from feeling um, the doubt or feeling the, the, the lack consciousness to feeling no, or choosing to feel, I actually want to feel more abundant. Even that thought alone can start to attract to you more thoughts that are in alignment with your abundance rather than the lack consciousness that you've been focused on, 
right? So it, it's, it's not hard work. None of it's hard work. They're all simple strategies. It's just knowing which strategy to employ with the individual based on the response that they're giving you, right? Because that'll tell you where they are in that emotional scale. If they're really deep down or if they're kind of higher up, you can apply different strategies. You can apply a lighter touch versus a harder touch, right? And, and, and again, to see what somebody's, where they are in terms of their willingness to let go. I know personally that I've been, there have been times when I was not willing to let go of the struggle, I was not willing to let it go, right? And I don't know that anybody could have helped me in that time, you know? Like I had to be willing to say, no, I want more than this for myself before no matter what anybody tried to offer me as a solution would actually land within me. Mm -hmm. I think one of the worst beliefs that we implant in people as a society and I don't know if it's everywhere or it's just mostly American or whatnot, but it's that you have to work hard mm. to get ahead. Mm -hmm. And I recognize as I, when I had my career in corporate, so to speak, I worked at this job, I got hired for, I think I was making like 38,000 a year or something like that. And within a couple of weeks, they let go of my boss and I got his position. So I went from making 30 something to 75,000 a year mm -hmm. with the potential to make over a hundred. Mm -hmm. And it was like, my workload went from this to this. Mm -hmm. I was like, this is awesome. What is this? I've never had this before. This is great. A hundred dollars is not a lot of money, you know? So it just completely changed your perspective. Mm -hmm. Now, that being said, do you find that as you're helping people, do they backslide into old habits? Is that like something that can have like something small they hit and then they backslide? And what, do you, what do you see? Uh -huh. That can happen. It happens for some. Mm -hmm. um, not for the majority of the people that I work with. And I think that, let me just think this through here. I know it happened for me also. And, and the only reason in my opinion that it happens is if you go back to the old pattern of thought, mm -hmm. right? So you can have an experience that triggers you, for example, that makes you start to doubt. Mm -hmm. But as long as you don't stay in that trigger, as long as you don't keep nursing those thoughts of doubt, you can quickly get yourself back into alignment with moving beyond. And, and, it's, and it's, it's a willingness to do that. Remember what I said before, not everyone is willing to. I, I remember I had a client, this was years ago. And you know my personality. You know that I'm going to challenge you to rise. Mm -hmm. And I was doing that with this client and she was resistant to me. I mean, she was angry at me. Like her little girl stuff came out. We all have that, right? We all have oh, that yeah. part of ourselves. And that version of her came out and took over the show. Like it, it, was, it was a wrap. Like she, she was like, you don't understand. I cannot do this. I cannot help someone who's in that place as much as I want to. I can't, no one can, right? Because she's made the decision for herself that that's where she's going to stay. And that it's not that she will stay there forever, but she will stay there as long as she desires to stay there. Because for whatever reason, that place feels safer, right? And we have to get to a point where we're willing to allow ourselves to expand and to recognize that we can be safe in that expansion. And when you know that to be your truth, then you're willing to be challenged to your greatness. You're willing to rise mm -hmm. and you're willing to keep going even if you feel like you've gotten knocked off course, you're willing to get yourself back up. And that's the thing, especially, I don't know if all, all the people here are light workers or you know, are in the transformational um, field or healers and things like that. Sometimes what we do when we're working with our clients is we, we want to save everybody. Right? We wish that they could just get what we get because we understand how amazing life will be, but people have to save themselves. They have to be willing to participate in their own transformation. We can't do that for them as much as we might want to, right? And quite frankly, it's disrespectful to people to think that we have to save them anyway, because that's not seeing people in their power, mm -hmm. right? So it's, it's allowing people to make their choice. People have free will and they get to choose whether or not they want to rise or they want to shrink. It's a choice that people get to make. And there's no judgment in it. It just is what it is, right? Mm -hmm. But also knowing where, where that line is between, you know, our ability to um, support a client in their desire to rise or not, right? So. so do you work a lot with stories, like trying to um, 
there's a certain course that I do, which is um, where we talk about you de-story. Hmm. Because I find that people get so entrenched in this story and they so identify with the story that that's part of what they don't want to give up because this is who they are. They're this person who struggles all the time, who's always having challenges and always trying to overcome and just barely makes it. But if they were to break out of that and just like fully realize who they are Mm. and their potential, then they don't have that story anymore. They're not that person anymore. They have to create a new story. And it's, I find that people, when they, especially when you see, keep saying the, the same story over and over and over again, you become so entrenched in that story. Yeah. Yeah. So no, that's one of the tools that I use mm-hmm. is to de-story. Mm-hmm. So I just, for me, it's just tell a, a different story or a better feeling story. That That's just how I would, I would label yeah. that. It's like, that could be your origin story, but you need to move past that. <laughs> it's not your whole story. Yeah. Yeah, that was something that was, uh, that's really hard for some people. <coughs> because of the identity piece. Mm-hmm. If you know, like if you spent 20, 30, 40, 50 years believing yourself to be one way, it's kind of scary, right? It can be anyway, scary to, to then want to adopt. It's a couple of things. I think it can be scary to adopt a new story, right? Mm-hmm. Because you're afraid of what might happen once you do. A lot of people are afraid that they're going to lose the close relationships to them and things like that. Also, I think, um, and I think this is probably not talked about as often is not understanding how changing the story is actually going to help you change your life, Mm -hmm. right? I think when we have more of an understanding of these new concepts, then it's easier for us to adapt to those concepts. But if you, if you, if it's a strange concept that seems counterintuitive to you, and you have no evidence of it, or you don't believe that you have evidence of it in, in your life, it's gonna be challenging to start to believe something different. Like I, I, I worked with a mentor one time, he's like, I, I can't remember what the strategy was or the, the, the concept he was teaching, but he was like, and I was asking him why, why does that work? Cause I don't understand, right? Not to challenge him, but I really needed to understand. So I had something to latch onto so that I could buy into this idea. And he was like, well, you don't need to understand how it works. You don't need, you don't understand how electricity works. Very true. But the difference is I was born knowing that I didn't need to understand how electricity works. So I don't have an opposing view of electricity, but of a new concept. I've got years, decades worth of experience believing the exact opposite, Mm -hmm. right? And I think that's the part that, that often people fail to understand when they're communicating new techniques or new strategies or new concepts is that you have to help people understand why those concepts actually work Many people, probably not all, but there are many people who, you know, like myself, we're meaning making machines, right? And so we're looking for meaning to latch on to so we can say, oh, that makes sense. I can do that. I can can let go of the belief that I've held on to that I believe has kept me safe and adopt a new belief or a new idea. Exactly. And that type of changing your, your mindset and your thought patterns also allows you to heal more all over mentally, emotionally, physically, and otherwise, uh, so that you can grow and experience life at hundred percent is one of my taglines. Life like at hundred percent. Because like most of us live life at like 30%, maybe 40. And do you believe that there are some people who are at their best working within a company as opposed to working on their own, like having their own business? And what does that, would they benefit from, from this type of, um, from coaching and that type of thing also? Absolutely. I, I don't think, I mean, I love being a business owner. Good God, I couldn't go back to work for anybody else, but I don't know that this is for everybody. Not everybody likes to do this. Mm-hmm. You know, there was a time when I had, I had no idea that I was going to go out and work for myself. And there were times when I loved working for someone else, right? I just loved what I did. Mm-hmm. So I don't think there's a right or wrong. And I don't think everyone should own their own business. There are some people who are superstars. They're entrepreneurs. They're, you know what I mean? Like they just yeah. love it. Um, but I do think that everyone could benefit from coaching And it obviously depends on the type of coaching that they're getting, but I believe that anyone who 
wants to live a more authentic life could benefit tremendously from having the right coach and mentor in their corner. Now, there's something else I wanted to add to that. Hold on. You, you started to say something. I believe the direction that you might've been going in was whether or not we could live our lives to the fullest. I don't know if that's where you were going, but that's something that came up in my mind. Mm -hmm. uh, and I thought to myself, I think we can live. I, I don't think that we will ever experience our full potential. And the reason why I want to say that is because there's so much more available to us that we will never know. Do you know what I mean? I believe that we can, we can, we can live as big as we allow ourselves to, to, to live. I, I believe we can live extraordinary lives. And I also believe that there's more beyond what we could ever even imagine would be possible for us. And I don't even know that there's enough time in anyone's lifespan to be able to experience all of that, if that makes sense. Yes. So I'm not yes. saying that we can't experience our potential. I'm just believing that our potential is so great. It's so massive that no matter how big you play, there's always going to be another level, which I think is also exciting, mm -hmm. right? Because no matter what level of success you get to, you're like, holy shit, there's so much more, Do you know? So two questions with that. One is... Is that what makes people like really strive to keep doing better and better and better? Like, does that mean that they don't have any satisfaction though? It like, depends. how do you balance? I think satisfaction with great question. Yeah, this is a fabulous question because I think there are a lot of people. I I considered myself to be a high achiever for a very long time, or even an over overachiever. <laughs> I identified with the make it happen and the accomplish and that would make me feel the pride and the whatever else I wanted to feel. And quite frankly, if my experience has been from my personal experience, working with clients, peers, like just observation of people, that there are different categories of people. There are people who are striving because they feel a void and they feel like every time they accomplish that next goal, that that goal, those things that they acquire, that promotion, that whatever it is, is gonna fill that void. And every time they acquire that thing, it doesn't fill the void. And so that keeps them on that, that pursuit, that hot pursuit. It's like the carrot on the stick. And then you have the people who've gotten there or at least gotten to a certain level, like me, I got to a certain level, I was like, wait, this isn't making sense. I'm still unhappy. Like, mm -hmm. like what am I working so hard for? And I'm miserable. When I got there, I was like, oh, Remember what I said to you about the necessity for me to do the mindset work? That, that was when the shift happened for me because I had finally achieved a monetary goal in my business. I had made more money than I had ever thought I could make. And I got there and I was not happy. And that to me was heartbreaking because that was the, re that was the drive, that was the motivator. And when I got there and I still wasn't happy, I lost my motivation. I was like, something is wrong. And so what I've done since is my the way that I orient to my goals is completely different. What I do instead is I fill my own cup. I fill the void first and then I go after what I desire. Or in fact, I allow myself to experience or receive what I desire. That's a completely different orientation when it comes to goals. So rather than achieving the goal because the goal is gonna make me feel good, I feel good first and then I'm able to attract the success that I desire. So it's, it's a different way. So I'm not pursuing the goal so that I can feel better. I'm feeling better and allowing myself to experience more and more and more of what I desire. So one of our um, listeners just said it's because people pursue happiness, things and obsessions versus seeking internal joy. Correct. Happiness they see as being outside of themselves. And, and happiness also is it's momentary. It flies away. Choice to me. Mm -hmm. What'd you say? I mean, happiness is a choice. Yes. And so I think I had that thought before in the past that happiness was momentary until I recognized, no, actually I can choose it. And I can choose it whenever I want. And it doesn't mean that I'm never going to have things, ex experiences that upset me. I have experiences that upset me all day long. But when I feel, because I allow myself to feel whatever I'm feeling, I don't try to yes. control what I feel. But what I noticed that I'm feeling in a way that I, that's, 
not comfortable for me or a way that I don't want to actually feel predominantly, I have the option of shifting my focus to something that does make me feel good. And that to me is happiness. To me, happiness is knowing that you have the power to choose how you feel independent of your circumstances, right? So even, and even if you feel like you've gotten knocked off course, so what? It's not a big deal. You get right back on the horse. That to me is happiness. Happiness to me is being able to choose how I want to feel no matter what. Very good. And, so, and not having to be perfect in order to, you see what I'm saying? Like, oh yeah, yeah. Because that whole perfection piece of it makes things unattainable. Correct. Because nobody's perfect. And no matter, even if you, well, like my son is an artist and I have kept a lot of his stuff from when he was younger. Cause I mean, he's been phenomenal for a really long time, but he's changes his style. So every time he changes his style, he wants to get rid of everything else he's done. Like it's not good enough. Mm. And I'm like, no, it's perfect. And it's beautiful. And it's just not the same as what you're doing right now. That doesn't mean it needs to be discarded. But it's an artist thing, he tells me, so I don't understand. <laughs> so that's that's like a big part of it is like we always feel like it when people feel like they need to be perfect, you're not allowing yourself to be creative and expand because trying to be perfect makes you smaller because you got to chunk things down in order to get every little thing done and you're not allowing yourself to be big. Yeah, I think flowing to that. I feel like when you're trying to be perfect, you're, you're not connected to who you really are. Mm -hmm. Do you know, no, it's somebody, it's an outside vision of, of who yeah. you're supposed to be. Yeah. So what was that saying that you told me about being big and being small, that you can't possibly be small? Yeah, I think it, it is, um, you can't play small enough to mm -hmm. make everyone feel safe around you. Mm -hmm. You know, so many of the people, and you're one of them, right? Like so many people that I work with are big energy like balls of fire, do you know? Like just amazing people um, who have, and I did this as well, right? Which is why I attract people like this, who shrink themselves down, who don't feel, it's not that they don't still show up in their boss energy. Right. It's a, it's a muted version of that boss energy. And it's, it's fascinating because people think that you're like this powerhouse, which you are, but you don't actually feel that way because you can feel yourself holding back, mm -hmm. right? And so for me, one of the things that brings me the most joy is helping my clients come into alignment. So allowing themselves to be all of who they are without concern that they're gonna to be too much for people. And that is like, it's power, it's freedom, it's happiness, it's joy, it's everything. Do you know, like for it's me- Powerhouse unleashed. I know, right? <laughs> so, you know, for me, um, so many of my clients, I help people make a lot more money. Mm -hmm. So Powerhouse Unleashed is a program where my clients can make up to $100,000, actually even more within 90 days or less, right? But the thing that my clients want the most, more than the money, and this is what I love, mm -hmm. is that they want to free themselves. They want to give themselves permission to be who they really are. The money is nice. And quite frankly, the money, in my opinion, is more enjoyable when you are being true to who you really are. It's a byproduct of that, right? Now, can you make a lot of money without being true to yourself? Absolutely, but do you wanna do it that way? Because I can tell you from personal experience, it's not fun, right? It, it, it's, it's so much more fun and enjoyable and you have the peace of mind ah, when you give yourself permission to, to be who you are. You get to work with clients who light you up. You get to work when you want, when you don't want, as much as you want, as little as you want. Like, life is good. Life is really good when you give yourself permission to be who you really are. It's really good. So again, two things. The one thing that I was going to say before that I didn't get to say, I'm, I'm still going to put that on the back burner. Um, one of our guests says, what if someone's authentic self is helping others, making others happy, doing for others, empowering others, yeah. and that brings them internal satisfaction? Is that being authentic? Yes. So my work, I wouldn't do my work if it didn't bring me joy. Mm -hmm. but, but, I, but here's the difference. In, in the way that I see it. I do it because it brings me joy. Mm -hmm. So my primary focus is not to bring my clients joy. My client, my primary focus is to bring me joy. Mm -hmm. And as I bring myself joy, I automatically bring joy to other people. Do you follow? Oh, yeah. The reason I make that distinction is because 
So often what we try to do, and I don't know if this person was thinking this way, but, but I know it's a, it's a general concept where we think that if I make other people happy, then I'll be happy rather than making me happy. And, and in my happiness, people love being around me. People, they feel so lit up and happy, right? That to me, I believe is the best gift that we can give to anyone is, is our alignment with our joy and happiness, it's our willingness to be joyful and happy is what really brings joy to more people in the world is my person. Because it's like your energetic boils over and anybody in your sphere connected to you in any way gets a bit of that bubble. Correct. And then that it's like stepping back and allowing others to be who they are. Yeah. Yeah. And we can't actually make people happy. It goes back to what we were talking about at the beginning of the conversation. People have the right to choose how they feel. We can't enforce that on anybody. Right, and so you will make yourself miserable trying to make people happy. You make yourself happy and you are aware that people get to choose to be happy in your presence. It, it, it's, it's different because we don't have the responsibility nor the ability to make other people feel anything other than what they feel. Exactly, and that's, that's part of it too, is that um, most people, especially if they are empathic or empathetic and they, they are out there to help people and they're people pleasers. You always come across people that you could bend over backwards and follow their instructions to a T and they will not be happy because they choose to stay in that rut. They choose not to be happy. And that's something I know with a lot of my clients that people have to own that and realize and recognize I can only do so much. I've done my best. I've done what I need to do. I feel good about what I gave. And if that person still isn't happy or grateful or whatever, I have nothing to do with that. That's their choice. Correct. So the second thing I was going to say earlier is uh, metaphysically, this period of time right now, as things are changing for us on earth and um, spiritually and whatnot, the energy is shifting from a masculine energy, which is very direct, go get it, go get it, go get it to a more feminine energy, which is, this is what I have to offer and being open and stepping back and allowing it to come to you, which is not an easy transition because people are so trapped in the, I have to do, 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 and not have any time for myself. And, and, and like, it's a badge of honor, especially in America is one of the worst places is because we, we get the least amount of vacation. We have the longest work days. They find that when people work at home, the productivity is actually higher than when they're in an office. Mm-hmm. So they're starting to let people work from home now, but also that they actually put in more hours if they're at home than they do in an office because our, our mindset is that we feel guilty if we're not working all the time. Mm-hmm. And there's, when there's no delineation between work and home, you're always at work. And that's, as an entrepreneur, that's something you have to develop are those boundaries. Mm -hmm. This is my life. Work is part of my life, but it's not my whole life. I have to make space to take care of me so that my cup is full so I can help others Mm -hmm. learn how to fill theirs. Yep. I agree with that a hundred percent. One of the things that came up for me Mm -hmm. is around the boundaries piece. Mm -hmm. And the reason it comes up for me is because I technically work, uh, I, have, I have scheduled calls on Tuesdays and Thursdays. <laughs> My Monday, Wednesday, Friday, flow. I do what the hell I want, when I want, if I want. <laughs> I could like, oh my God. It's, it makes me feel so good to think about how I've set this up. <laughs> that said, it depends on what I'm like today, marketing wise, I recorded an 18 minute video and that's it. I didn't even prep for it. I just turned the camera on and I went rolling. I, I love it when you're doing videos and you're driving and the, the last year like parking, I'm like, way to park. Go, go. <laughs> I, because I don't, it's not even trying. It's like, I just get it. Yeah. I'm feeling good. I'm living my life. I'm enjoying it. And an idea pops in my head. I'm like, turn on the camera. Mm-hmm. So that's what I wanted to bring up about the boundaries piece, because for me, I like that it flows like that. Like I don't set, and everyone is different. There are some people who are like, okay, they regiment their day. 
10 o'clock, I'm going to do this. 11 o'clock, I'm going to do this. I don't like that. Yeah. I've tried it and it doesn't work for me because for me personally, it feels forced. And the reason I'm making this distinction is because you have to figure out what works for you. There are some people who like it regimented. Like I love having my scheduled calls on Tuesdays and Thursdays. I love that. But I also love the flowiness of my Monday, Wednesday, Friday. I also love that I give my, myself the freedom to do marketing if I want to or not to do marketing if I want to. Like it is what it is. And, I, and, and not to feel guilty about it, what you were talking about before, because it took me a long time to get to that place. Because for a long time, I believed what we've all been conditioned to believe, that it was about the action that I take, that it's about, it's about how many hours I put in, and it's about who, how many people read my posts and about how many people join my list and all this crap, which is not the truth. It's about the energy behind any action that you take, right? And it's, and it's knowing that, that it gives you the real freedom that I'm talking about here. And people can do what they want. You know, if you want to work five days a week, 10 hours a day, go for it, right? If, if that's the thing that lights you up. But if you want to work two days a week, five hours a week, then go for that too. It's, it's knowing that you have the ability to make that choice for yourself and, and, and really being able to give yourself permission to do that, right? Even, even if it feels that the guilt or the shame or whatever, be willing to challenge the thoughts that make you feel guilty and ashamed because if you desire freedom, then freedom is what you should give yourself permission to experience. Oh, exactly. And challenge anything that makes you think that that's not okay. So what do you find with your clients? Is there any through line that you're seeing that uh, so far as like beliefs or systems that uh, they have in place? Or like, is there anything that, that makes them like a through line, like something that is very common amongst all your clients that come to you besides that they love you <laughs> besides that. <laughs> but in terms of what, in terms of success or challenges that they were challenges, I would say challenges. Oh boy, there's several, I would say. Business-wise, it's the feeling of working too hard for too little. Mm -hmm. Often there are challenges around giving themselves permission to speak their truth, mm -hmm. really owning their value. Like they know that they're good at what they do, but they struggle to own it. Going back to that also that, which is a little bit different, but it's connected, that money mindset aspect, mm -hmm. the projecting because they've experienced so many people who couldn't afford them that they, they automatically assume that the people that they want to work with can't afford them or that they're not enough of the people that they actually want to work with mm -hmm. for them to have a viable business. Because perhaps in their personal life, they don't see as many of those people as friends or as peers, you know, you know what I'm saying? Like people that they, they are social with. Um, those are some of the most common. Yeah, those are some of the most common. I would, I would also say a little bit of, no, I, I think it has to do with not wanting to conform, not wanting to play by other people's rules, but they've been doing it. So I sometimes will talk about going from the good girl or the nice girl or the nice guy to the badass, right? Uh -huh. Because you know that's who you really are, that free version of yourself, but you keep playing the small game that you don't want to play knowing that you're capable of so much more and, and not knowing how to take your foot off the brake. Those are some of the most common. I, I like that. Not knowing how to take your foot off the brake. Yeah. Because I see so many people driving with a foot on the brake and the gas at the same time and not understanding why they're not getting as far as they would like. Yeah. So do you have like a, what is your, do you have mostly women that come to you? Mostly men or? Yeah. I work with a handful of men over the years, but primarily women. And do you find like a real difference in working between the two or? No, I love what I do. I would help anybody do this. Mm -hmm. Anyone who's willing, anyone who wants to rise, anyone who knows that they're a leader and they're ready to play a bigger game, let's do it. Like that's just my attitude. That is excellent. Mm -hmm. So is there anything else that you would like to say before we, uh, we end the recording? <laughs> Asking me that question, you know, I could talk for days. I know. <laughs> <laughs> What would I like to say? And it's all useful. That's the thing. Like, I love the way you put out your videos and they're like little 
bite-sized chunks of information that you could use right away. But then working with you, it's just so much deeper and more expansive because it's more personal. Yeah. And the way I like the way that you also went through the process of selecting who you're going to take on as clients. Maybe Mm -hmm. that's something um, you may want to talk about is that not everybody is your client. Like a lot of us, when we go out, um, when we're coaches and whatnot, we're like, oh, I'm anybody. I can help anybody. But that's not the point. You don't want to work with everybody. Not everybody's ready for you. Mm -hmm. Not everybody can pick up what you're putting down. Mm -hmm. So what would you say about how to figure that out? Yeah, I'm glad you brought that up. Um, That's massively important to me in the work that I do because I care about people getting results. And if, if, if we don't have, like, if we're not harmonizing, then I can't help you, right? Like if, if a person isn't where they need to be mentally, spiritually, and emotionally, it's not going to be a fruitful partnership. And that's what I see. I always look for a partnership. I always look for someone who is ready to rise because if you have that willingness, we can play and we can have a lot of fun. If you don't have that willingness, it's not going to be fun for either one of us. Right. So I am very clear and I'm, and I'm glad you brought this up because I, I want to go into this. I'm clear in my marketing in my communication. I'm also clear in my energy. Mm -hmm. And that's important because so often, at least the way that I was taught, most people focus on the marketing aspect. And so people will change their message a hundred thousand times. And they're like, how come I'm still attracting the wrong people? Because you haven't shifted your energy yet. Mm -hmm. It's a combination of the two. So you've got to know who you do your best work with. And I know that everyone here who's working with clients can help probably anybody, right? But you have to be responsible to yourself first to choose to work with the people that you actually enjoy working with the most, right? Again, we're not trying to save people. We're here partnering with people who are ready to save themselves, essentially. I believe in helping people become the hero in their own story, right? So I'm not taking that responsibility away from my client because there's no joy for the client anyway if you take that responsibility away. People don't want to be dependent. They want to be independent. They want to have autonomy. They want to know that they can do their own thing, right? And so I'm here to partner with people who know that about themselves, who know that they're ready to do it and they want a partner who can stand with them, not for them, right? So my point here is for you to get really clear about who you enjoy working with for your own sense of joy, fun, excitement when you're doing your work, knowing that your clients, like you said, are gonna be able to pick up what you're putting down, get the kind of results that you know are possible. And it's also what's responsible for your clients, right? So you don't wanna take on a client who you, you don't think, and, and I don't know if everybody's done this, but I've done this in my past, where mm-hmm. I've taken on clients where I was like, are they really sure? Like there was this kind of push and pull energy. Do you know what I mean? And sometimes what we do is we'll sign those clients either wanting to save them or we know that I got to pay the bill next, you know, the bill that's coming due. And you don't want to do that. It's, it, it is a disservice to you. It is a disservice to them. Don't do that. And you don't have to do that. When you know how to master your energy, you don't have to do that because you know that the right client is going to come, right? So again, this is really about us knowing, being authentic right? And you can feel it. Like I was doing an interview, I think last week, and someone asked me, how do you know um, who your right client is? I was like, I can feel it. I'm on the phone with someone. We're speaking the same language. There's a, there's a feeling that I feel that I'm like, I want to work with this person. I love this person. I know it. If I don't have that feeling, there are so many other coaches out there that can help you, right? You might be a nice person, but if, if I don't have that feeling, they probably don't have that feeling too. So why should we even do this? Why do the dance? Do you know? Yeah, I, I think a lot of people take on clients that can be rather draining. I mean, even when I worked in the, um, I worked for an, ad, for an ad agency in Hawaii for 16 years. And when I first came on, they had this client that was just like all consuming, always paid late, always wanted to change things a day late. You know, after they know that we've given them the drop dead, they still, and then they want to change it after the drop. And then they want to blame us if things didn't go out right. So like what I started to do being the, uh, the media person is I would tell them that the drop dead was like two days before it actually was, because I'm not getting crazy and trying to figure just because this person has decided not to do their job. It was like a power thing for them. 
and they would make us, we would have to fax them the same thing over and over and over and over again. So my boss was like, you have to put a clean fact sheet. I'm like, I am not putting a clean fact sheet. I'm using the same fact sheet and saying one, two, three, four, five, so that everybody in the office can see how many times we're sending this. Yeah. And I will always have a secondary person that I'm sending it to because my job is not to be their, their foot made and keep sending them the same stuff because they don't feel like being bothered or they feel like yanking our chain. And I finally convinced my boss to drop them as a client. He's like, that's our major client. I said, trust me, as soon as you let go of that energy, we're going to be flooded with people who want to work with us. We're already getting all these calls of people who want to work with us and we don't have the time to do it. But it's not like we're getting paid by these people, at least not on time, like everything's always late. Mm -hmm. And uh, finally, we, we let them go and we just did so much better after that. Yeah. And it was so much easier. And I think we, we all need to let go of that fear, whether it's a friendship mm. that's pulling too much and not giving anything back, or it's someone that we're dealing with at work, or it's, it's a hobby or something that we used to love, but we don't love anymore. We have to like pull the cords and do our spring cleaning mm -hmm. in order to free up the energy that we need and want in order to, to move forward. Mm -hmm. Brilliant. So, yeah. Um, so is there any, any last thing? And then we could go to a Q and A. Mm, I would say the last thing, since we're talking about the, the topic of authenticity is to choose yourself first. That's what yeah, I just got chills. Yeah. That's so nice. That's if good. Willing to do that. And I know that people are afraid because again, we've been so conditioned to, to not do that. But if you're willing to choose yourself first, because I know it feels selfish and you, you, we've been raised to believe it, to feel guilty, that don't, you know, like, but if you choose you first, you, you showing up authentically in all of your relationships gives the people who are in the relationships with you so much. You know, when you stop people pleasing, you stop trying to take responsibility for other people, they get to take responsibility for themselves, right? and they get to show up more powerfully for themselves. That's what people want. That's what we all want, right? Mm -hmm. and, and just choosing you first makes you a happier, more joyful person. You're not resentful. You're not feeling like, well, I did that for them and they didn't do that for me and da, da, da. Like, it's so, it, it, it just makes, in my personal experience, it mm -hmm. makes every relationship better. It also makes your business better. It makes your health better. It makes everything better when you choose you first. And again, that's not to say that you're not kind to other people. In fact, you are more kind to people when you choose yourself first, because you see people the way you start to see yourself. The more you're respecting yourself and loving yourself and taking care of yourself, the more you can see people um, in their own power, right? Rather than having negative, putting negative thoughts towards them because you're not doing your work for yourself, if that makes mm -hmm. sense. Yes. Yes, that is awesome. So do you want to tell us about uh, your website? And that will also, when we put this on YouTube, it will be underneath all the information, how to get in touch with Desiree if you'd like to work with her. And um, I'll, I'll let you take it away. My, oh. my powerhouse. <laughs> <laughs> my website is aptly named Powerhouse on Fire. And if you go to that website, there are a couple of things. There are two free resources that are available for you there. If you desire to go deeper on the conversation we've had here, if you want to grow your business, any of those kind of things. So the, I'll just share what those two resources are. Mm -hmm. um, the first is a free masterclass where I go through the secrets of attracting high ticket clients. And when I say high ticket, I'm talking about clients who will invest in themselves through you to the tune of $10,000, $30,000, $50,000 or more. Um, how to position yourself as the obvious choice how to master the energetics so that you can attract the clients that you're wanting to work with, the soul aligned clients consistently uh, and be able to hold more of the money that you make. So that's the free masterclass that you can get access to on that website. And there's also access to my Facebook group, which is also free where I share those videos that Gerilyn was talking about. Um, I share some written posts as well. Uh, so it's a lot of different stuff on mindset and energy and client attraction and all that good stuff. So again, my website is, power, it, let me say, www.powerhouseonfire.com. I know it sounds old and antiquated to say the three W's up front, but you have to type in those W's in order to get to the right page. For dub, dub, dub. <laughs> <laughs> yes. So it was a pleasure having you here today. Thank you so much for coming in and agreeing to do, to the, do this with us. Mm -hmm. um, we will 
now stop the recording so that we can have more of a discussion with the people who are present. And if you're interested in being a part of these types of discussions and being part of the after show kind of a part of it, go to meetup.com and look up mystery, mystics, and metaphysics. That is one of my meetups. The second is called Coffee and Conversation. So those two will bring you to these types of <clears throat> these types of, of talks and, and really fun. We have loads of fun. And the, the more fun part is about to start because then we, we open up the forum for everybody to be able to talk and discuss. Thank you so much for coming and we will see you next time. Mahalo.